Welcome to the Monday Lorians, a podcast where a bunch of Star Wars fans get together for a chat on some Mondays discussing Star Wars. Except this week, we're releasing this on a Tuesday. Why do you ask? Because it's May the 4th. It's Star Wars Day. So we thought we'd release this a day later so you can get caught up with the new uh, Disney Plus series premiering today, The Bad Batch. So obviously we're going to be going week by week discussing all the episodes coming out. But before that, we thought we'd take a look at the four episodes from The Clone Wars titled The Bad Batch Arc. So, I'm Jay Carr. I'm a podcaster, sound designer, and a writer for Fresh Take Hub. And today, I'm joined by... So, yeah, I'm Niall. I'm also a podcaster and writer for Fresh Take. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here talking about a new Star Wars thing. After our, our dive into old Star Wars crap that Dave had no interest in for the most part. <laughs> Good to see him back after his exile. That's why I wanted to go last. That's why I wanted you to go first now. I didn't want to like jump in there like, Hi, <laughs> I've been exiled, but apparently I'm still here. We've unfrozen him from Carbonite. Yeah. Don't worry, I've got my replacement on hand. Uh, so yeah, I'm David Osger. I am also a podcaster and editor over on freshtakehub.com. And uh, yeah, talking about Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. Very much my jam. I think I suffered enough with like the, the likes of Fifty Shades and Weird Godzilla films this year. So I, that's yeah, that was my excuse with with the Ewok movies. I couldn't take any more like eighties madness. But don't worry, guys. I got my replacement right here. Who's gonna take over? Please welcome oh, you. R2-D2. If I knew he was going to be here, I wouldn't. <laughs> for, the, for the listeners, Dave is holding up R2-D2 right now. He's got, he's got something to say to you now. Ooh, what's your language? This is a PG so, uh, show. <laughs> I'm trying. He's saying if I want to make a damn cameo in a Mandalorian finale, I can do what the fuck I want. <laughs> As I said earlier, we are going to be looking at the four-episode arc in The Clone Wars Season 7 titled The Bad Batch. So this is just a recap of those four episodes, getting us primed and ready for the Disney Plus series. Uh, But the first question I wanted to sort of ask you guys is more general about The Clone Wars series, because this is obviously some form of like a spin-off show coming out of the last season that was released last year. Uh, So Niall, I'll start with you. Uh, what are your sort of general thoughts on the clones and how they were lo- utilized in the Clone Wars compared to how we saw them in the prequel films? Ooh, well, yeah, because to be honest, if it wasn't for the show, I'd have almost no opinion on the clones because they are just pretty much a plot device in the prequel films because they're not the emphasis of a van to commit Order 66. Uh, but I do, I really appreciate the show for um, characterizing them and for managing to get so many characters out of the same archetype, which is really interesting and a testament to um, D. Bradley Baker. Did I get that right? His, uh, his voice acting. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah because um god i wonder there's probably a wikipedia page for all the named clone characters but there must be at least i'm gonna wager 25 maybe or is that being generous yeah at least no i'd say at least because you get loads that get named but very quickly get killed off so that yeah i think it's really strong for that and it makes like the final arc of the show i think might i've only seen it once and that was last year you know the final order 66 arc it might be the best part of the whole Mm. show because the show has set up the clones in that way and i think it's my favorite addition to like the star wars canon out of the whole show maybe is just giving them that personality so that when like captain rex shows up in rebels i was genuinely very excited and i would be excited if he shows up in other stuff too i i really like captain rex He's a solid guy. Yeah. No love for Cody, though? Cody knows what he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what about you, Dave? What are your thoughts on the clones? Yeah, like Niall, I think they were very much a plot device of the films. And there wasn't even an element of like, ooh, I wonder what they're like or what their backstory is. Because you kind of just think, oh, they're clones. There's nothing to tell. So very much like in the style of the Clone Wars, they give you something which you weren't asking for or didn't expect, which I think is good. And it's something which is good about that era of Star Wars and it's why I'm so interested and think that it leads to infinite narrative possibilities compared to other generations or decades of the Star Wars timeline is that there are so many avenues you can go down and yeah, it just goes to show that if you can make these characters into these individual characters, then it makes things a lot more dynamic, a lot more interesting. Weird to watch the prequel films actually with that in mind because you're not seeing clones with crazy hairstyles and and different sort of personalities and that kind of stuff. I think probably, like I said, the only one that does stand out slightly maybe is the, is Cody in uh, Revenge of the Sith because you do get, you know, and I think that's where they took the the basis of some of what they were doing from was that, you know, they had that bit of interaction where... You know, he, he says, oh, you'll be forgetting, you, you know, this with the lightsaber. And he's like, oh, thank you, Cody. So it's it's just the, the idea that that guy was quite called Cody. So they went, well, they must all have nicknames. So it just stemmed from there, I guess, which is, which is very interesting. So I think looking at then this show, it, it's crazy how far they've gone in that they've literally taken that and gone. Yeah, what if they literally have like their own personalities? They're completely unique, their mutations. And it kind of does stay true to the history of star wars with these characters you know after they did stuff like republic commandos so they they were always sort of experimenting and doing different things with them but then this series really sort of nailed that down and and made the definitive version of the clones and their stories niall anything else you want to say about the clones uh just saying i found interesting because i think um like you i think uh, george lucas this was something he kind of changed his mind about a bit when he was coming into Clone Wars. Because from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith, they're very much, like you said, like kind of just mindless, uh, almost almost like droids more than people. But um, one of the... And he made... Of course, he was like so important in the making of Clone Wars. But one of the final changes he made to the films was adding more uh, like chatter to Revenge of the Sith when the clones come in. Because before they were just like completely silent coming into assault the Nutapau. And I think that was just showed like he doesn't always have everything planned out, which is totally fine because when there's a good idea, he kind of just 
takes it on board and he gives a little shrug and he's like, yeah, this is more interesting. But Star Wars needs a plan, Niall. They need a plan. Oh, that's very true. Actually, I hate Star Wars now. <laughs> I'm off the show. See ya. <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, judging from the amount of episodes we've done now, we've pretty much let on that we're all big fans of the Clone Wars animated series. Um, so we were all excited going into season, season seven. As you pointed out now, this was the the precursor to release the Snyder Cut. It was it's Clone Wars saved. Uh, so we were mm. super excited. We got this last year. So Dave, I'll start with you. What was sort of your overall thoughts going into the new season of Clone Wars and then watching this first four episode arc uh, introducing the Bad Batch? Because I believe most of the trailers... Up for the marketing for this season was primarily these first four episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there was like bits from the Ahsoka stuff as well, partly. But yeah, you were seeing a lot from this one, and especially in the teaser that they early on an- announced. When you see Hunter, Obi Wan, etc., Anakin come out of the the base at the beginning, and you're seeing the planet they're on with all the red trees and everything. So, and they used that as a part of the Clone Wars saved. Uh, trailer which yeah I, I honestly i can't rem- i can't think of a time that i've been more like excited or just like overjoyed when i saw this announced when it was at was it at celebration or was it just at like it's a, a Comic-Con? celebration yeah yeah it says celebration so yeah i i when the day the clone wars was cancelled i was so upset i was so pissed off and it was just years and years of then, you know, we got teased with all the kind of like, oh, this was what we would have done. And we had comics and books. And every time you were just like, oh, what, you know, what a shame that, you know, we didn't get to see this visually, etc. So, and so even like the Snyder Cut, etc., that was even longer than the Snyder Cut. And even there, there was, you know, some semblance of we got something and there was a potential because you knew that it was there in a, in a, a reel in a tin or whatever as as What's, Zack Snyder shows. Wasn't it released online, like the early like previs for these first four episodes? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah, so like you had the, the Bad Batch arc was online as the, the previs version, but in terms of what we got promised of the actual like Maul and Ahsoka stuff like that, so the fact that they released that, like I was just like, <gasps> I was like, oh my God, you know, especially because we didn't expect it. And that's what made it interesting going in is because there was so much excitement, not just to see the, the mall Ahsoka stuff, but there was the idea of, well, which stories are they going to choose from the episodes which we got teased about and we had seen the, the previs for. So especially with the Bad Batch, it made it interesting, especially going in and watching it because I don't know about you guys personally, I never watched the actual full previs. I saw just like watched bits of them and, and skipped through in the hopeful sight that I was just like, these might get released one day. I'm not going to watch them all. And it's the one time I was actually like, my faith was well placed. So, uh, but there was an element still of when you were watching it, when you, there were moments that I had seen in the previews, which was hard to disconnect that. It was almost like I was a part of the production team in which you're watching something that you've made and you can't help but watch it in that other form of like remembering when there was all the people behind the camera or before it got color corrected and all that kind of stuff. So again, I don't know if it's because there's that disconnect of like they took something which was like made in a certain format and then picked it up all these years later. So it still had that weird kind of previs 
style to it like i find with the first few episodes there's just weird moments of like silence or sound and i'm like is this because you didn't like add enough of the music or something or i don't know if it's just because i've seen the previews and i can't get it out of my mind so that's why it was such a mix of emotions because it was kind of like it was amazing to have it back and i remember the moment like even as soon as it started and it showed like an access and you get the the newsreel at the beginning, I was just so excited. I was like, and I had like rewind straight away. I was like, I need to watch it again. And it was like, the animation was so beautiful. It was so crisp to see that planet, to see all the characters in sort of 4K, I guess, because it's on Disney Plus. It was just a joyous moment to experience. So regardless of how good the story was, the first episode was just taken up by just sort of watching like, oh my God, I'm watching Clone Wars again after all these years. So it was such a thrill just for that. And like I said, I think when you relook at it, it does set it does itself up really well for a kind of spin-off series. I don't think it, it doesn't do it in the way of like, oh, these guys are getting a spin-off series, nudge, nudge. But it's because they do it with every sort of arc in Clone Wars. They do it with the Mandalorian stuff. They do it with loads of other characters. The Night Sisters, for example. They've managed to get loads out of the Night Sisters and Dathomir because Clone Wars managed to set up those worlds and characters enough just within a small time frame that they're able to to take loads from it and it's similar with the bad batch you don't get a con the idea of oh this is going to be a spin-off series but they just add a few little things like calling the clones regs having some different armor having their banter and dynamic in just a few lines you already get the idea of who these characters are and it kind of just matches the style of clone wars that's very much what they were always about is adding loads of detail making everything sort of visually very striking and playing with the wording of stuff like using sort of stuff that you would have in the military using nicknames having certain nicknames for certain things like clankers and all that kind of stuff so yeah the excitement going in was massive and it was just made this first arc just sort of it had a, a tinted veil over it of nostalgia so i suppose that that sort of helped it in terms of like how good it came across mm. Yeah, I, it's funny because I had never seen the previous stuff that was out there. I had actually only, I'd heard about it, but I'd never seen it. I didn't think it was available to be watched until I, when the Clone Wars came out, I was like watching YouTube reviews of the Bad Batch. And like some of the reviewers were like, well, comparing this to the previous stuff I saw, I was like, wait, what? That's out there to be seen? So... I'm actually kind of happy I didn't watch it so because I went into it completely fresh. Uh, yeah, like you, I was super excited to watch Clone Wars. I actually came to the Clone Wars game rather late. It was, funnily enough, shortly after it was cancelled. So it was shortly after Disney purchased Lucasfilm. And they said, right, everything that we've done before is Legends now. We're going to start a new canon thing. And for me, it was like, okay let me get back into Star Wars. You know, I had sort of my gripes with the, the prequels and stuff. I wasn't into Star Wars as much at the time. So I thought, okay, this is a good way for me to get back into Star Wars. So I watched the Clone Wars, not knowing about, you know, the unfinished stuff. And so going into season seven, super excited. Love the look of the Bad Batch. As I said, I was a big fan of how they use the clones in the Clone Wars. So seeing these different clones and all kind of like kooky and they've all got like these unique different strengths about them, you know. But what I also loved about them is how playful the group was. It was really channeling that 80s 
action hero team up thing that I love. It just it feels like the Expendables in Star Wars. You know, what I mean, like you had like that. It's in his name. He's the hunter. You had the marksman. You had the 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 muscle. You had the tech guy. So it, and it was on the nose all the names as well. And I just love that because they were just having fun with this group of um, mercenaries, you could call them. And when they announced they were doing the spin-off show, I was actually, well, that makes sense. Because it, for me, it did seem like it was a setup for, not necessarily I thought, oh, this is definitely going to get a spin-off show, but I saw enough in there, and I saw like the different characters, how they interacted with each other, how they interacted with the characters we loved. I was like, these are really interesting characters, and it'll be really interesting to see because I was thinking, what would these guys go through during Order 66? Because they're the Bad Batch, would they necessarily have the chips in them? So I was already thinking of all these things about what would happen to these guys during Order 66. Uh, so when they announced, I was like, that makes total sense. And they would have already had this in production when Clone Wars was coming out. Because as we know, like animation takes years and years and years to get done. So this would have already been in the pipeline so Filoni obviously saw something in this was like, yeah, let's capitalize on this and tell stories in between episodes three and four. Because I feel as we don't really have much of that um, storytelling in that era, in the early sort of like the aftermath of Revenge of the Sith anyway. So, yeah, I love these episodes. Like you did, the animation was stunning. Like the absolute difference when you watch this to like some of the earlier seasons is astonishing. It felt so smooth and stuff and seeing it in 4K it is just absolutely phenomenal. So I was super excited to come back, and I really enjoyed these episodes. Uh, but Niall, what were your thoughts going into this season and watching the Bad Batch arc? Yeah, so going into this season, like you, um, like you, Jake, I was very late to the Clone Wars train, except I didn't get there till 2015 because I had seen the first season of Rebels and really enjoyed it. And I was like my first dabbling in the new animation. And then, of course, Ahsoka turns up, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize these things were connected, so I actually want to go and get context. And yeah, I, I, uh, I'm I, going to be dipping into my contrarianism slightly, very lightly, just because uh, I really like Clone Wars to show. I think I tend, though, when I think about it as overall, I forget about this the arcs I really hate and like the really bad episodes and just focus on like the highs. So there's like a very, there'd be a very funny like bar graph charting my enjoyment of it. But the highs are so high. And yeah, so going into this, I was really excited, mostly for the promise of the final Siege of Mandalore, which, like, those three words have been going through my head for years, just thinking, like, what happens? What happens? And um, yeah, so I was really I was really excited going in. I will say um, I enjoyed this arc a lot more the first time around. Going back to it, I'd, I think there was something about, like, getting new Star Wars near the start of a pandemic. So I could just sit at home and watch new Star Wars. Unlike both of you, I think, I actually watched all the um, unfinished story reels. Just because I'm really interested in that stuff. And there are some there's some interesting differences. I didn't re-watch them for the purpose of this. Mostly in how it kind of treats Padme. Which uh, was a very minor controversy at the time. <laughs> but yeah, no, these, this Eric, um, it's, it's not bad. I will say... It's going to take quite a lot on this new Bad Batch show to sell me on the Bad Batch themselves because I think they're so simplistic that they don't capture me. They're just like fine characters. I like Crosshair because he's like kind of an ass, which I always appreciate. I just like it when someone's a jerk. Um, but like, oh, I tried to get his... 
like Wilfred Brimley. Brimley. Bring him into Clone Wars, Filoni. But um, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember the name of the, the strong guy. So I was like, is it Heavy? It's like, no, that's a different clone. Is it Bruiser? It's like, no, Crusher? It wasn't until halfway through the first episode, I was like, Getting cl- Wrecker. <laughs> I hate Wrecker. I think he's the worst, I have to say. I, I just always hate the stereotype of strong, dumb guy. It's like, ah, oh, get out of here. Just, and like lifting spaceships, I don't know. I do like that it dabbles into the idea, which funnily enough, Rise of Skywalker kind of brought up a few months before, of like weird cloning stuff in Star Wars. Because for years, we just had like that cloning as its own thing. And then since then, they've actually gotten a lot more in The Mandalorian, they've dabbled in it as well. The idea of like doing weird stuff with cloning, which I think could actually be a great avenue for future storytelling as well. Uh, lost my train of thought, but yeah, I was very excited for Clone Wars to come back. And by the end, boy, did it deliver. It's funny because I'm actually the opposite with you. I preferred this on the second time round on this recent rewatch than the first time because... The first time I was watching it and I enjoyed it, but I was sort of like, yeah, 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 come on, let's get to the Ahsoka stuff. Like, so I was, I mm. did watch it, but it wasn't with as much enthusiasm as maybe going back to it now. I was like, okay, let's have a look at this with fresh eyes. And I actually found a lot more out of it than I did the first time. I had that as well, mainly because you kind of knew what you were getting. There wasn't that element, especially because they were releasing it weekly, etc., And because there was such expectations on this season that you were like oh what does this mean what's gonna happen next week and you were like oh we only just got like a 20 minute like action episode but then you have to remember that that is what clone wars essentially is and i think that that's where it's such a different show for me i think that especially with animation animated shows i tend to give those kind of things a much bigger pass and especially for something like this i would never watch it in the same way that i'd watch any other sort of streaming show or anything else on television in which you're kind of watching it and going mm, am i going to stick with this are they telling the story right oh i'm not sh- f- fond of this you know are the characters making sense to me etc 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 because at the end of the day i'm just there for some fun star wars action and the show always give me that so i wouldn't say i had the highs and lows the nile did i'd probably say that if it was a graph it would just be like you know like middle then just up <laughs> up you know like it just stay in the middle and then maybe so you're, mo- you're mostly flatlining <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how you want to put it i like critiquing media i think it's fun yeah so i i, I basically in my star wars coma when i'm watching something like clone wars and every now and again i just twitch and <laughs> like oh this is a sign of life that's what's interesting to me about the clone wars is that again i don't tend to watch it in the way of like oh well are they doing this right are they doing the character arcs right is it this that and the other at the end of the day it's just fun it's just a saturday morning car cartoon kind of i uh, just wanted to bring up because i i mentioned it very briefly um but the uh, unfinished uta power arc uh i think it's worth seeing i think it's worth watching the show reel of it just because it looks like it might not be made just with the way they wrapped up clone wars it seemed very definite but there is currently a, a fan project and they're doing like a full animation for it that looks pretty slick yeah i think it's yeah it's like a yeah. It's like a game engine they're sort of using, isn't it? So they I look like, like Battlefront sort of characters. Send me, send me a link, Niall. I need to check Yeah, no, out. it's looking quite cool. And I think that's a really clever, inventive thing for the fan base to do. And it's just nice to see something like a very positive fan project that's not just like cutting up the films in whatever way, which is totally fine. I actually like fan edits a lot. I think they're interesting, but this is a real labor of love. Niall, you've already sort of given your opinion on the Bad Batch themselves. <laughs> I think we've established which one you hate the most. <laughs> Uh, but um, 
so is crosshair your favorite one Crosshair is my favorite um yeah i just like that there's a you don't see it in the clones he is like kind of mean and he's a, he's a team player in his own way but i do like having a character that different in the group and to be honest like i i was always felt a bit let down by the leader uh hunter because they modeled him after sunny landon from predator and all that which i love they do the the what do you, what do you call that like a handshake the really manly handshake from predator when he first meets yeah, rex the... yeah um but just yeah. in terms of personality, he doesn't have much going on. I wish he was a bit more like Sonny Landon. He's just kind of like the generic one in the group. He's not the nerd. He's not the jock. He's not the asshole, which every every group of friends needs, of course. Uh, yes. And the tech guy is doesn't get to do a whole lot, really. Oh, man. Uh, d- don't do my boy tech dirty like that. He was my favorite. <laughs> no, nothing against him. He, just, he always felt like he got the short end mm. of the straw in the arc. Especially when they, they then take on a guy who's literally, like, half computer. It's like, poor tech. Like, his job's in trouble. Yeah. That's suppose. what I kept thinking is, like, in the future, I don't know what Echo's purpose is going to be. I, I thought about it the other way around. I was thinking, well, what's Echo going to be doing if they've already got their tech guy? Yeah, I would, like, as as a nerd myself, I don't know. I guess I just, tech spoke to me. He was probably my favorite. I also just love how he's always like crouched down and just constantly like like just on his databad, like checking his emails. I don't think you get to claim like nerd identity when you're on a Star Wars podcast with both of us. I think it's a communal thing. I guess so. I guess so. Especially after Niall has just said about like, oh, you got the jock, the nerd, etc. in the group. I'm like, well, surely in this group, they were just all... No, I'm a jock. I'm a jock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dave, did you have a favorite one? Probably, like Niall, it probably is Crosshair as well, just because of like, he is an asshole. And I think just because visually he looks the most different as well, while most of them look somewhat like... (laughs) Yeah, but most of them still look like the clones or look like, you know, whatever you want to say, Django Fett. Whereas he still, if I saw that, if they didn't, if I saw that character just walking around in the background or they went, he was introduced as a bounty hunter or something, I wouldn't have said, oh, he looks like the clones. I don't hate Wrecker as much as uh, Niall because I think it is, it is a tired cliche, but I went into it kind of thinking, okay, this is what this guy is going to be. He's going to be very annoying. But I actually came to love the guy just because of how, like, of just a lovable buffoon he is. Just the fact that as soon as I see him there weightlifting a gonk droid while eating like a chicken drumstick, <laughs> I was like, this guy needs respect. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get some of like the negative stuff out of the way before we go into the stuff we liked. Uh, Niall, I'll start with you. You forever. <laughs> you're probably going to have maybe the most uh, negative things to say. But what are the things that you dislike or questioned about these this bad batch? Uh, well, the biggest thing that struck me rewatching it is I I really feel this could have been two episodes because I quite like their introduction and the last episode I do actually like the episode I don't know what it's called but you know, the final episode with Mace Windu in and all that I actually think that's a really fun episode but it's I don't know something about the pacing of it and you know the first episode it's quite a boring scenario they put in immediately. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm kind of blanking a bit because I said quite a few negative things earlier. Yeah, I'm afraid, like, there wasn't that mm-hmm. many... Like, I didn't find it very funny. Those bits didn't really work for me. I do have a comedy moment to mention later on, but for the most part, it was just... Yeah, this was this was my Star Wars coma, but not in a comforting way. Like Dave said, this is just 
I was like, come on, get through it, get through it. Uh, uh, no, that's, that's pretty much all my negatives. It's really mostly the pacing and characterizations. That's fair enough. Dave, anything for you that popped out that you were like, ooh, I don't know. I still think it's a bit weird. Like when I first watched it, it was a bigger issue. But obviously once you know that that's not the case, it's not going to happen as much the second time watching it. But I still find it odd how much they put an emphasis on can we trust Echo and ooh, what's going to happen with Echo? And I'm like, why did you do that if it just amounted to pretty much nothing? And I think the reason it doesn't work very well is because you're pairing him up with the Bad Batch. So if you had these like group of really patriotic, loyal clones, then you could kind of buy into that aspect of like, we don't know if we can trust this guy. We're really loyal clones. We stick to the rules and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of hard to buy into that the Bad Batch of all of all clones would be the ones who would give him a hard time about that because they're kind of misfits and rogues themselves. And I, I assume that they don't have, even though they, I don't know, you don't watch them and think like the other clones where you've seen them literally in episodes being like, you know, for the Republic and, you know, and they literally die for the Republic. They they literally tattoo the symbol on their face. You know, where's the, the Bad Batch take on their own identities. So potentially this will come up in the in the spin-off series they don't seem as loyal to the republic they just love the aspect of being in a fight and getting given these crazy missions so it seemed a bit weird to me that they would actually care whether <laughs> echo was a traitor or not i think they would only care in the sense that they would have somebody else to to kill but at the end of the day if he did it in a an interesting way they might have i i saw it as they would probably be like Hmm, respect, you know, <laughs> like the, you can imagine somebody that crosshair being like, I didn't see that coming. Fair play to him. You know, so, and they would just enjoy taking him down or something. So, yeah, I think that still rings a bit weird because you literally end the episode on the wings of Kerid Dax with him like, yeah, like old times. And then you're like, why are you doing this kind of like, oh, you know, qu- putting a question above him? And yeah, in Unfinished Business, it really just, doesn't really lead anywhere the only thing it serves is just potentially helping you towards the decision that he joins the bad batch whereas i think if that was the intention all along they should have just handled it in a different way between those two episodes if they wanted to make that the arc of the the four episodes and the arc of echo so yeah that that one seems a bit weird to me also like niles a bit of the pacing is a bit off and some of the decisions are a bit odd especially i think the the on the wings of Kira Dax, or however said, I think that that one especially comes off the worst in terms of just solely focused on action. And I believe because there was a few deleted scenes from that episode, you can feel it because you're like, oh, this ends like 17 minutes. And you're like, why did you not use that extra time, especially when you're on a streaming service? So that's a bit odd as well that they don't really use the time that they're given. And they they don't even go for a kind of like, oh, we've uh, roped in these locals to war they just kind of go yeah and this is an opportunity to just show how awesome not even the bad batch are that's another problem i have with that episode that the bad batch just stand there at the end and go yeah that's why the jedi are the best of this and i'm like why are we watching an, an arc about the bad batch who just literally sit there and go like yeah the jedi are much better than us so <laughs> it's like we should have seen them take it down really so that was another weird thing about this arc yeah i do think it's weird actually now that you say it that anakin's in this arc as much as he is I think this could have been better for like a real like clone story 
And I've no, I've no problem with Anakin's bits. It just seems like they were maybe spreading their focus a bit wide, considering they were introducing four new characters and bringing back an old fan favorite in the same arc as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually another gripe I have with it is the the fact that it's a bit hard to buy in the first episode the Rex. I'm kind of on the side of the Bad Batch and the clones that he's like, I know he's alive. And you're just like, there's no basis for you to think that. I was like, I tried thinking about it. I was like, okay, if it is the plans that you drew up. But it does just seem to come out of nowhere. The fact that he's just like, I know he's alive. I know it's him. Um, I will agree with you on the pacing as well. I don't think it should have been two episodes, Niall. I think maybe three um, like Dave, I think the biggest problem is on the wings of Kiridax, the third episode in the arc. Um, I feel as if that whole story element of the native aliens and their Kiridax and stuff like that, I don't know if that really needed to be in there. Like, you could have saved a lot of time just cutting all that out and then have the two, ep- like the first two episodes focus on the Echo storyline and then you have the big battle with Mace Window and Obi-Wan Kenobi because I also felt as if that fourth episode was kind of detached from the first three episodes. It felt like a spin-off. Not a spin-off, just like another episode in The Clone Wars, not part of the same arc. So, yeah, I think as it definitely could have cut some time there. Uh, some of the other stuff that I'm not keen on, this is a problem I have in general throughout Clone Wars. It's the droids. I'm just... I'm not a fan of the humor. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will get to those. Like, I- I'm not a fan of how the droids humor just got worse throughout the prequels you know like i wasn't keen on the roger roger and phantom menace and then attack of the clones was something else and then revenge of the sith i was like oh boy what are you doing george (laughs) (laughs) and then but he was like (laughs) for for clone wars you know george being george that what people don't like the droids i'm gonna give them way more droids and i'm gonna give them way more jarger so respect to him for that so i admire him for that but yeah the droid humor just doesn't work for me it's just too whimsy and stuff for that so yeah and yeah the design of those weird i don't know what to call them those like swan droids droids. yes chicken droids (laughs) or something like that i just did not like the design of those at all like I don't just have normal B one battle droids and have them like with modified wings if you want to set up that they can fly now. Um, they can just quote Rise of Skywalker. They fly now. Like <laughs> so, I just was not a fan of that weird droid design. Yeah, and if if you're showing off like how cool this new crack squad is, don't send them up against the same battle droids we've seen just get their asses kicked for like over a decade now. Like um, it, it's just not impressive anymore. Well, to be fair, that's one of the awesome aspects that the Clone Wars introduced was like the super battle droids. They were actually like a really good foe. So it would have been nice to see the Bad Batch come up against those. I just love the fact that they've got these like really pathetic droids and then they're just like, unleash the decimator or whatever. That thing. And you're like, whoa, that guy. Kind of, like, <laughs> that little... like, we've got these really, this, yeah, this is there like on its own, this tiny little thing, which apparently can just like kill an entire room. And it's like, I just have more of those. <laughs> the Decimator is the MVP. That I really liked that. He was cool. So were there any sort of themes within this episode that speak out to you? Now, I wanted to bring this one up because I feel as if, for me anyway, Star Wars is, a lot of it is based on its philosophy and themes and messages and lessons that George is trying to tell the world. So I think he's done that throughout Clone Wars. And for a kid show, he does have some deep stuff going on. Uh, the first one that I wanted to bring back, it's almost a pushback to what Dave said earlier regarding the trust aspect with Echo 
And I think trust is a big theme within this episode. And I think that they have every right to not trust Echo, considering he's been jacked into the Separatist thing for God knows how long now. And I think the whole story arc with them is for them to see that even though they are their own little collective group, they need to learn to trust outsiders. You know, eventually they grow to respect Rex and stuff like that instead of calling him Regs and stuff like, and, you know, all these different nicknames that are sort of insulting to them. And it's through Echo that they realize we can trust outsiders and then accept him into the group. So I kind of push back with your sort of disappointment with that part because I think that's a strong element within these episodes. Yeah, I, I'm not like discounting it completely. I th- I agree with you. I think the the element of trust and like again to to trust him is it works in a sense. But I just think if you really wanted to go for that, then like having the bad batch of all people, it just doesn't work as well with the bad batches you might have with another group but it works in the sense of bringing them on but it's just weird how they kept setting it up as like like I said the way that they end that episode specifically that wings of caradiques where you're like oh is there something going on and then you're just like oh no there wasn't um niall is there anything that came out to you i guess maybe in contrast to what dave said earlier about rex's whole thing of what need like needing to believe echo is alive i quite like the idea of rex making a choice more based off faith than logic I think if they'd focused on that a bit more, it could be interesting because he works with Jedi all the time. So for him to put like his soldier's mind aside and be more like a, a friend, if that makes any sense. I would have liked if there was more of a focus on that. Mm-hmm. And I get what you mean with the Bad Batch thing, but I think their characters are just like too rigid in their archetypes where I didn't get any real sense of change. And even their like snootiness about regs. It was just like more soldier banter. I think they could have actually made him a bit more hostile initially. So we've got more of that arc. And then as Dave said, when they see a Jedi, they're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, the Jedi is sick. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would have left the Jedi <laughs> out entirely and made it more about like the idea of these different, like this caste, um, caste system of clones. Yeah, so there's, there's themes in there, but I think they're not, they're not the Clone Wars' strongest. And they can do that fortune cookie crap at the start of every episode. It never sticks with me by the end of it. <laughs> Is there any sort of favorite action moments you had throughout this arc? Now I'll go start with you. Surprisingly, even though it's my least favorite episode of the group, uh, I do actually quite like when they're taking down the like War of the Worlds tripod things. I thought like the Jedi stuff was actually reminding me of the 2D Clone Wars a bit. Maybe it's just because I watched them quite close, but he's doing like spinning around in the gun turrets and cutting them off. And I quite like how the Bad Batch take on their one as well, even though at that point I was like, well, Anakin could really easily just deal with them both. No, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff, like, we need, do we just need to talk, because we didn't really at the start, like the jump up in animation quality from like the, even the Lost Missions to mm-hmm. this is incredible, but the, the action cinematography is such a leap. I, I've, I'm not a huge fan of the thing that's become so popular in modern cinema, the idea of like, oh, one take action is the best. It's like, it is, but it's a lot of great action is in the cut as well. But this does such a great job of doing the one shot stuff in animation. There's so many great, like running around tunnels, as we say, classic Star Wars corridors, but you know, it's just really slickly executed. Mm. So even when I was like, not really engaged with the story, I could detach a bit and go like, this is just fantastically made. Any hi- uh, highlight to you, Dave? Yeah, like I said, I highlighted that part earlier where Crosshair like puts the reflecting sort of patches on the wall and the the bullet oh, that was bounces cool, yeah. off all the the droids. That's like really cool. Um, 
I think the first introduction of them, as I said earlier, with Wreckers holding the, the piece of wreckage and, you know, they're all playing their part within that. That's quite fun. And like you said, I think the tech does get some good moments. Like even when they're on the the winged creatures, like, you know, when he's there using his technology or using the goggles, like to speak to them in stuff, the battle zone, it's quite realistic that he's doing it at the exact same moment. And that's how he's fighting or combating different things i think that that's quite quite a nice effect so and i i will say in in support of those you know even though it's weird that they distract the storyline with those natives i wouldn't want to get rid of them because again to me they symbolize what's great about the clone wars instead of again something like rebels or something which could have just literally had like just like oh it's the pig people or you know something from the original you know trilogy they have like a unique different design and they sound so weird i just love the language and the way they sound the way that that chieftain sounds like, he's got that like <laughs> yeah i'm like it's so unique and like you can tell that the clone wars is always given sound designers you know character designers animation animators lots of freedom to experiment and use different things that's always one of the things that stood out when you watch the behind the scenes um there's something action wise i i know that again this is one of those things in which they were like oh yeah we wanted to experiment with explosions and all this kind of stuff and it leads to really cool stuff within the animation like having little particles and dust but i wish they would just stop with that bloody multicolored explosion it's just goofy to me i'm like i don't want to see a rainbow explosion it doesn't make you know i get it's quite fun if you have like a blue one or a purple one or whatever but i don't want to see every color of the rainbow every time they blow something up because they did it that one time when it was meant to be the mega bomb from the droid arc but they kept doing it time and time and time and time again after and i'm like so what everything you blow up now is every time it's, it's multicolored the NHS it's, a rainbow. <laughs> it's just weird show your support <laughs> yeah exactly that's <laughs> what I'm well no because it's like the support the nhs it's somebody be watching it and they're just like oh they're all for gay rights and then somebody's like no support the nhs yeah, it's a Which binary choice <laughs> kind of one and the know. other <laughs> only yeah. a sift deals an absolute yeah, exactly the empire somebody is watching like a, an uh, imperial base get blown up and be like oh they must be for uh, for gay rights i'll go uh, hang out with them and then just gets killed or something it's like oh they they lured them in with false pretenses <laughs> if they only they didn't have this multicolored explosion so uh yeah i wish they'd stop using that <laughs> but uh apart from that like i said i think uh yeah, a lot of the action stuff. You just have fun moments within with the Bad Batch themselves. Mm-hmm. And like Niall said, yeah, of course you get you do get some fun uh, Jedi stuff at, at the same time. Yeah, uh, you probably highlighted the ones that I wanted to talk about, which was, yeah, the first one where they're fighting together in that first episode. I just love how each of them's like text, just like, oh, 30 degrees to the right. Thro- you know, Hunter throws mm-hmm. it, then Crosshair shoots it while Wrecker's using the shield. I just thought all of that was just so well done. And like... Um, like um, Niall said all the choreography and the cinematography of all the action was just gorgeous and the the animation style is fantastic. And further on in that well, late... even when they go up in the lift in that tower... I was about like to say, yeah, that, like, there's the tower invasion yeah. when they first come up in the lift and then it does like that shot, the 360 shot, it just keeps on going around them as they're taking out the droids. I was loving that. I was just like, yeah, this is proper like Star Wars fun action. Um, what else? I, you know, even though like you'd... I wasn't fan on the natives being there, but they are. I do love the sound and it's cool. I did like the final battle with all the droids and the natives and seeing how 
they fight and stuff like that with their Kiridax and I thought all oh, that was kind of kind of cool. Um, Windu and Kenobi just when the Jedi do f- cool things it's just always fun to see. Um, and Anakin killing Trench, <laughs> I that's sort of like action but also a bit of comedy because I just thought it was funny how brutal <laughs> he was. <laughs> he just like chops his arm off and then he's like, no Jedi would ever get <laughs> dead, <laughs> waste no time. <laughs> The funny thing with him is the fact that he like thinks I'm just quickly gonna electrocute him at this moment. <laughs> so it is like Anakin's just turned around and gone, bitch, please. <laughs> you know, like, he's just like, so it, you appreciate the effort by Trench. You're like, oh, that's nice. He thought he could, you know, get the upper hand over him, but uh, yeah, you didn't stand a chance. But I do like the fact that he's a, he's got an element of Swiss Army knife. You know that he, he's not like every other general. He's just completely unarmed you know he has that little web thing and he's got a little thing in his cane he's prepared in some sense (laughs) i love admiral trench i think he's a great villain and i was so happy because i think they kind of like the first time you see him you think he's just dead because i can't quite remember the story i think his spaceship explodes and then he keeps coming back with like more robotic parts and for for a villain Mm -hmm. in the show because a lot of like one-off villains are incredibly one-dimensional just like bad guy bad guy but he has like a a bit more to him he's actually quite smart and he's got a bit of respect for his opponents that i always appreciate i i have a my my hot take is i think he's what general grievous wishes he was because he's actually like a good (laughs) villain and he's got i think more arms he won the arm race he does yeah he does true (laughs) (laughs) yeah i also like the the noise he makes yeah Every time, like, in between sentences. Yeah. He's got laser stuff. webs now. Uh, are there any, like, comedy <laughs> moments throughout this? Because I, you know, sometimes I have an issue with some of George's comedy, but I do think comedy is a big part of Star Wars. And, Niall, you love making fun of Star Wars as much as I do. Uh, but not necessarily mm-hmm. comedy, but was there anything whimsical as well that you found within this I think arc? I do quite like the the Anakin talking to Padme thing The afterwards. When Obi-Wan's like, oh, say hi, I hope you said hello to Padme mm. for me, and that kind of thing. I, I have, like, a weird thought about that scene, though, <laughs> of, like, why to call Padme Anakin needed Rex's helmet? It's like, you're a general, can you not make a call? Would people find it weird because you're friends anyway? I don't know, there was just a whole weird thing of, like, hey, dude, can I borrow your hat? I want to call my lady. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's a fun little scene, <laughs> and I think something I actually, my only wish... I wanted more from that final season, really, was just more Obi-Wan, because he's my favourite character. But it was just always good to get him in just for a little snarky dig. So yeah, that was that was a good little moment. Aside from that, <laughs> this arc, not so much. I do also like the Mace Windu speech, though. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, it's, I'm it's, i glad you brought that scene up with Anag- the Padme scene, because I wanted to bring that up in general for a couple of things. Like, first of all, so does Rex know about Anakin and Padme? Like, it seems to elude that he might be somewhat aware. And then the other thing is, does Obi-Wan know? I mean, obviously, we found out in Revenge of the Sith that, you know, he he knows Padme's pregnant and all that. But did he have suspicions? And also, I've always, I've been thinking about this because, I, like I said, I watched the Mandalore episode, you know, with Satine and stuff like that. And Obi-Wan saying, I would have left the Jedi Order if you had asked. Had Anakin told Obi-Wan... Do you think Obi-Wan would have been there for him? Do you think he would have helped him? Yeah, I think when when they've like asked, I think when James Arnold Taylor has been asked about this in the past or whether Dave Floney, 
I think a lot of their takes is the, you know, potentially Obi-Wan knows that something's going on, but he just doesn't know it's to the extent of they're married. Like, he potentially knows that they're in a relationship or that, you know, they've got this deeper connection, uh, but he doesn't know how far it's gone. And I think what's interesting about it is that it does speak to the kind of whole hubris of the Jedi and the corruption that's going on at that time is that, kind of like in real life, they're you know, even potentially parts of the Jedi Order might have some sort of inkling or no, but there's the idea that, oh, well, he's the chosen one. We can't say anything or, or do anything about it because uh, we can't let this guy go because he's one of our best generals. So they they bend the rules for him because he's supplying them with so much military wins and obviously the the prophecy mm. as well so you know they they have to sort of give some leniency there so i think that obi-wan gives him that that leniency but yeah interesting to know like i said i, I think it's similar with kind of like obi-wan handles like ahsoka in the end you know like he was willing to defend ahsoka but he just couldn't go out of his way to stay still stay true to the jedi so i think it would be the same with anakin he would go out of his way to defend anakin I don't think you would ever saw like do it in a way of like I'm leaving the order kind of thing, mm. or breaking the rules of the order. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because Kenobi's, you know, he's the ideal Jedi, isn't he? Like the poster boy for the Jedi, basically. Yeah, because some people have said about like whether Corky in the uh, the Satine stuff is like the secret love child of them, and not only have people said, well, the the timeline just doesn't make sense mm. for that, but they're like. It's also meant to be the storyline is that Obi-Wan would have left the Order had he been asked, but he never would have done what Anakin did, which was have this secret relationship and secret love child. <laughs> like, that yeah. just would go against the point well, of who Obi-Wan is as Lucas a character. did George have an interview a few years ago where he was asked, can Jedi have sex? And he said, yes, but they cannot have attachments, which is such a... That's a minefield. We we could do a whole episode on that. Get a psychologist on. I mean, did uh, Niall? I think you've read Master and Apprentice, have you? Yes, I have. Yeah. So, have you read this one, Dave? No, is that the Qui Gon Obi Wan? So, in in that book, there's a cowboy Jedi (laughs) who basically is an alcoholic and a sex addict, but it's fine because he's just (laughs) it's just hookers. Like it's it's no one. (laughs) So yeah, I think the you know the Jedi can get it on if they want. Just you know. Just as long as they don't, you know, form a relationship, I guess. Just as long as they're not uh, walking them out of the temple with their shoes, without their <laughs> shoes the next morning. <laughs> and Yoda's just there. Like, Walk of shame as Yoda's teaching the younglings. That's why Yaddle went to a different <laughs> yeah. planet. It was just too awkward. <laughs> 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 Episode just ends there. Co- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, in terms of comic moments and stuff, though, like I mentioned before, there's the whole, you know, Rekka lifting the, the gonk droid with the chicken. That's fun. <laughs> I like when Anakin at the end, again, it's just, you know, Rekka's like a puppy, isn't he? And he's just like, do you want to blow it up? And he's like, oh, do I? And he's like, look, it's forward to it so much. And again, it, it's stupid and it shouldn't work, but I kind of just enjoy it. I kind of want to take that scene and just have like the Death Star blowing up afterwards or something, <laughs> just showing Wrecker responsible for all the major explosions within Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, going into the episodes and seeing Wrecker, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to hate this guy. But I don't know. I, he's such a lovable doofus that I, I love him so much. <laughs> and I just grew to 
really like him, even though he was so kooky and tropey. But I was just like, ah, they're having fun with it. And he's just so funny. All the moments that Dave, especially the one with the chicken and he's lifting up the gonk joint, that is just hilarious. <laughs> just like, I think that he has even got a name. It's not chicken, but there is something, some form yeah. of Star Wars poultry that that is meant to be, which is... Well, <laughs> Dave, well. if you watch the Ewok movies, you would know there are chickens. <laughs> You'd know. <laughs> Well, this isn't chicken because I know that they on the trivia they said it was a something well, you know not on Endor drumstick instead of a chicken one. <laughs> so I think we've established that maybe this is not the arc that you would revisit, Niall. Um, just to like sort of you know if you wanted to visit an arc of Star Wars, uh, Dave. What about you? What are your final thoughts on this arc of episodes? And is it something you would want to revisit with Clone Wars? Well, the thing I always enjoyed about Clone Wars is this, again, something that while it might not be an arc I'd go to straight away, there might be an element I'd go back to it just because of the nostalgia of it was the first time re-watching Clone Wars in so many years. And while that hits stronger with the final four episodes of season seven, this one still has that unique aspect of it was just the first four episodes we've got in that, that return. So there's that nostalgia there. There's also, like I said, the beautiful animation, I think, as we mentioned before, but especially lighting and stuff as well. Like in the first episode, there's some like beautiful light in there when they've got like the crashed ship and you, you've got like the sun is setting on that planet, etc. And yeah, I think it is, it's it's worth rewatching just for the fun stuff. Like you said, the, the comedy with the characters like Crosshair and, and Wrecker and those kind of characters, but also Clone Wars as well, I find is sometimes just good to have something you want to put in the background or you just want some action stuff that you can easily put on. So again, you could just quite easily be like, oh, I haven't seen that arc in a while. So it would it would work on that benefit as well. It wouldn't be so much like, again, the droid arc in which I'm like, I'm never watching that again. But it's like, where's this? Would have quite likely reasons to go back to it and again like as, as much as i appreciate the the soka one that comes after it for what it does for the story again there's not much reason like action wise to sort of go back or anything that's actually like oh i'd love to see that again it was just it was adding to the story that led into the final arc really so i think that this has got more rewatchability than the ahsoka arc as well um and one more element i did want to bring up in terms of things that were striking about it was just it also does show how dark the show can get like, when Echo comes out of that chamber, that is some scary shit right there. Like, when the thing opens and, like, it's, like, you can see his eyes, like, flickering with all the information and data. And the music gets really serious. And, yeah, it's just very... They obviously play up, especially in the design of those labs and with Tambor and with Echo, the whole kind of mad scientist, very 50s, 60s tubes and dials kind of mad scientist kind of stuff. And that's why I was so was interesting here is that you had a very dark look at what has happened to the character. Like we said earlier, we were talking about the action figure, but the fact that he is so like skinny and the fact he's so pale and you can see where he's all like cold and frosted up and stuff. And the fact that like, you know, there's literal stuff sticking out of his head. Um, and as soon as he comes out, he's like talking about the Citadel, etc. So that was quite dark stuff. And I think it is you know, quite, quite sticks with you for, like, how they, they went there. And that's why I do respect in the new series is that, like, Echo is still, like, pale and really, mm. really, like, doesn't look well. <laughs> so they've kind of stuck with that, which is good as well. Yeah, I've always appreciated 
about the Clone Wars that George really wanted to experiment with as many different genres as he could. And because he obviously mm. there's only so much he can do within the prequels and it's all stories focused on Anakin that within the Clone Wars, you know, he did <coughs> loads of horror episodes, which I like, you know, there's a lot of horror elements in what you're describing. I think back to like that Geonosis arc with like the zombie Geonosans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Kaiju with the Zillow Beast and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll talk about this at some point, I'm sure, mm. when we do a deep dive into the Clone Wars. But that's one thing I really appreciated that he wanted to experiment with as many different genres within the world of Star Wars. All right, so the Bad Batch series is premiering today on Disney+, Plus, May the 4th. Uh, the first episode being a huge 75-minute episode, which is basic, which is nice. As Niall pointed out in our group chat, that it's nice to at least have a Star Wars film-ish on Star Wars Day. Uh, so, Niall, I'll go to you first. What are your sort of expectations for this series and are you excited for it, considering you weren't much of a fan of this arc? I'll just preface by saying I have not watched the latest trailer because it's so close. I tend to do that. I, I usually watch the first trailer for something, then I kind of go on a bit of a blackout. Uh, but from the first trailer, I'm actually quite excited about this, despite my reservations about the Bad Batch. Because, like, historically, any anything that the Clone Wars introduced, like, even, like, Ahsoka, remember, at the start, people weren't taken with her and by the end like she's the hottest thing on the planet that was a bad wording i mean like popular popular <laughs> <laughs> oh hell i keep doing this people would notice if i didn't point it out too. but uh but no i'm sure they'll win me over to the bad batch i might shed a tear when wrecker dies immediately but oh no spoilers but uh oh. no, no um i think it's more like seeing on screen and an era of Star Wars we haven't really before, like the early Empire post-Revenge of the Sith stuff, because the Vader comics did that, and I love it. Like, that's... I love seeing this transition of power, and it's just really... Um, it's it's nice, even though I love the Jedi, and I know there's a lot of people who say, oh, more Jedi stuff. I like the fact... That I Well, I hope this isn't going to be very Jedi-focused. Who are these people? I want to find them. <laughs> Tell you them know, I, I agree with you. People are wrong, Dave. <laughs> But uh, but here on the Monday Lorians, we are not. <laughs> and the Bad Batch is looking good so far. I am, yeah, and the idea mm. of just made a fourth having kind of a new Star Wars film to watch. Excellent. What I can't think of a better way to celebrate the day. Awesome. What about you, Dave? What are your thoughts going into this series? While I was like really really excited when we first got the trailer again because it was similar to the Save the Clone Wars stuff, you were like, yes, it's still going on. This it's still surviving in one way shape or form um so i'm really happy about that and when i watched this arc and then actually immediately watched the trailer after i was like yeah it does actually kind of continue really nicely and i think that's the problem they've had as well especially for me where i find it hard to buy into i think that the jump from animation to live action is fine but when you go like oh this is the same character soka's turning up in this series and this series and you're like she looks completely different though because the animation style has changed so much so here it kind of works because they still look exactly the same way the the aesthetic of the Clone Wars era then ha- look in the same for this transition, as you said, to the Empire era will work really well. And they always did that well within the Clone Wars, you know, transitioning from the, what do they call them? Like the phase one clones with like yeah. the sort of like more narrow uh, design and then like going more towards the episode three clones. So it'd be cool to kind of see that transition and to carry on that story because it kind of makes sense that 
you know, we know that eventually stormtroopers aren't clones. So it'll be interesting to see that aspect. But to see it from the point of view, as, as we've already mentioned, from characters who are not going to be traditional take-order sort of characters and potentially were more loyal to the Jedi and didn't have the same engineering inside them. I think it's really exciting for what you see in terms of like Tarkin is in this. So they, they're bringing up a lot of my, my favorite characters as well. Like I loved any time Tarkin was in the Clone Wars as well. Uh, I think in terms of like the voice performance for that, like they just nail it. And I think that that already adds a lot of sinister elements to it. You're like, oh, you know, like if Tarkin's got his eye on the Bad Batch, you know some bad things are going to go down. So, yeah, I'm really excited for it in that sense. But it was interesting, Niall, saying about the Jedi stuff, because at the same time, while I mentioned earlier that I think the the Clone Wars era, or that time in Star Wars, is so good in general because you can play with all the elements of Star Wars in some ways, um, apart from the kind of, like, rebel empire stuff. Um, but there's so much scope within the universe that you could still go off and do that if you wanted to, if you wanted to have some sort of, like group of pilots they wanted to look at too like kind of like the Ondron arc you can go oh let's go look at these guys and I think that's what's good about the Clone Wars era but then when you start to give yourself limitations as they do with Rebels and even like the Mandalorian and stuff when they go oh well the Jedi don't exist anymore so then you're like oh well that already kills off those that group of characters so I think that that's something that we will miss why I might miss potentially because especially after talking about the 2D Clone Wars and this 3D Clone Wars in which I love the Jedi stuff. I love to see different species Jedi and all that kind of, you know, that's always fun. So I don't know if there's going to be enough kind of lightsaber action for me to be like week to week being like, yeah, I'm loving the action of this. Because if it's always kind of blaster, stormtrooper kind of stuff, I don't know if it's going to get a bit tiresome or not. But who knows? We'll just see where it goes. They might sort of bump into surviving Jedi or something like that. Or they might keep it very fresh with just the new elements that they bring in because they got stuff like Zygerians and uh, Rex seems to like make uh, I was thinking kind of just earlier because we were talking about the unfinished arcs because I know another arc that got into previs as well was the second Bad Batch arc where they go to Kashyyyk with Yoda and I do wonder maybe mm-hmm. that yeah. could be finished in this if they have like uh, any flashbacks or anything like that I just love to see it just because I'm I'm always fascinated by these ideas because I know there was going to be like giant Wookiee monkeys that they rode, which I'll, of course mm. I want to see that. Yeah, I'm a living, breathing human being. Of course I want to see the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and and now that we had that like Matt Lantus or interview oh, yeah. we teased by he might be coming in the future. That's just again, even though the batch batch is coming out now, my like. Has cogs that... in my head is spinning like oh as Niall said could we be getting like unfinished stories in the future is the Bad Batch a way of saying like yeah we want to continue this world we want to keep telling stories within this timeline and that can give us an, a good reason to bring back the Clone Wars stuff rather than just go in right well we're done with that now because like Mandalorian you know even though we've had The Force Awakens and everything it doesn't mean that they can't go back to the time before Force Awakens so I think it would still be good to be like yeah we can still tell stories within this this era because as I said earlier there's so much scope Mm. and potential you can talk about. Interesting I don't know if you could tell as much story within the Clone Wars era now I think they've told a lot like especially like within books and comics like there's a lot out there regarding the Clone Wars but for me, what I'm most excited about this series is the transition period from the Republic to the Empire. 
I've always had this own joke mm. in my head. Was like, did Palpatine like have those gray uniforms like waiting there for like the next day? Right, everybody's yeah. like gray uniforms on, caps on, like it's <laughs> all there waiting for you. Um, no, so I've always been interested to see how this transition of power happens because it can't be smooth, surely. Like, it, 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 like Palpatine maybe maybe it looks easy in Revenge of the Sith. Like, oh, we're their empire now, but I'm sure there's a lot of struggle there. I think we are going to get Jedi, at least a couple of them, because not all Jedi were killed in Order 66, clearly. Keep, loads of them keep popping up everywhere, even though Luke was meant to be the last Jedi. Uh, um, so I think we will see some of them. We could possibly see Inquisitors as well. So we could get some lightsaber action. You know, Rex being there could also be, you know... Ahsoka could be hiding along as well. You know, if Filoni's behind this show, you know how much he loves Ahsoka. He might want to try and fit her in there somewhere. It could work. I don't know. But I, yeah, for me, I just want to see how this transition takes place. And also focusing on the Bad Batch, which seems what they're going to tackle from the trailers is um, what do soldiers do when there's no more water fights? And like from these guys as well, specifically the Bad Batch, as you said, Dave, these guys are just... Not really there for any sort of allegiance. They just want to have a good fight. So what happens when there's no fight to have anymore? What do you do with yourselves? And I also want to see how they transition from being within the Empire. Because the traders allude to them maybe doing missions for the Empire. Or hunting down people. But then they show that they're on the run from the Empire. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens there. Rex getting involved as well. Because we know that he hasn't got the chip in him. So he's a free ring guy i'm super excited to see what they do and particularly this era of star wars fascinating stuff with the vader stuff like um niall mentioned um and obviously palpatine man just want to see more sheev in his hologram form hiding in the background doing stuff and of course Tarkin is always a plus and fennec shand uh, <laughs> Uh, Ming-Na Wen is coming mm. back to voice the character from the mandalorian in this so i'm really intrigued to see how she fits into this story. And I also really like that they're now picking characters from The Mandalorian and seeing what they can do with them in different areas of Star Wars. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Still unsure how many episodes this is going to be. They haven't released anything regarding, so we'll see how many weeks we're going to be uh, reviewing <laughs> this for. Uh, but is there anything else you wanted to say regarding the new upcoming Bad Yeah, Batch I was just going to say, just because it's one of my favorite things in Star Wars is I'd love it if they get into like more of the CD criminal underworld stuff, I just always think that's a blast. However, I was thinking this as much as I enjoy him, I don't want Darth Maul to pop up. That guy, like just take a, take a seat, Darth Maul. I don't need you to be running around with your machinations and your spider legs. Just, you know, yeah, that's always my worry with these. Cause they do sometimes Dave Filoni gets into the swing of it. Not just Dave Filoni. I'm just using him as like a buzzword for like the same team. They just get to the point. Where it's like, well, let's see how many characters mm. we can get in, and that that was a big problem for me in Mando season yeah. two, yeah. as listeners will know. So I I just hope they ease off and they're happy to like introduce brand new characters and just use old characters when it's very natural. Yeah, they've said that before, and they like we only want to do it when it feels right for the story. But there does come a certain point where it feels like box mm -hmm. ticking. And as much as I love Maul, and I was kind of like bummed out that he does sort of like die within like Rebels. I'm still, like, getting for him having some form of, like, 
you know, I just want to see something in which, like, you get to see him as he was in Clone Wars, etc. But I agree with you. I don't think this is the story no. to tell. That I think it would be completely weird to have him in this. But I don't want to see him until they follow up Solo. That's when I want to see Maul again. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Maul has a place in this series at all. Maybe Vader at the end. Like, I wouldn't maybe see him do anything, but it'd be, you know, fan service if he just pops up at the end to Niles detest. <laughs> I like the idea of him not doing anything. Uh, just, like, walking by. He's like, what? Is that the... Oh, the bad badge. We'll just leave. <laughs> What's that? What? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we are getting that brand new character, Omega. You know, and it's still undecided, like, the, the conversation online, whether that is a uh, young male or female character. Like, do you guys know have any clarification on that? I'm pretty sure it's a female character because, again, it's just the kind of appealing to the different groups, isn't it? You don't want to have just, like, four, five guys now, like, running around and then just, like... But that's a... what makes it interesting to me if it is a female because how... Is she a female clone of Django Fett? Like, how, do, how does that work? See, I don't think I saw her in the trailer, the one mm. I watched. Was this the second trailer? Oh, you could be making this stuff up right now. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> He's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I know, that part where, um, you know, General Grievous showed up. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I do have to say, though, I'm also getting a bit... Like, this links in exactly with what Niall was saying, actually. And so, again, I don't know if this will, like annoy Niall more because I'm pretty sure it only appears in the second trailer but they keep going to Saw Gerrera as well I'm oh, like yeah, oh, how many back. times does Saw Gerrera tie into the rebellion and this time and like because especially you have that whole like you know he's in Rebels and he still kind of looks like young yes. <laughs> young Forrest Whitaker and then he turns like this really really old guy <laughs> by Rogue One but again it's like Niall said why not just make a new character you know it's, it's not like he was the only rebel within that time frame and he was the only one causing trouble we would like to think anyway because if the rebellion was meant to be that strong I wouldn't think it would be started by just one guy um just one hope I have then because <laughs> I like I didn't really know about this little girl until now but I, I am hoping it's not a case of like <laughs> the bad batch their hearts softening while protecting a child because there's another Star Wars show that was very similar to that that premiered like two years ago and apparently that almost was the plot for this kenobi show if rumors are true that's why they kind of restarted production or whatever mm. happened there hey man uh, lone wolf and cub lone, wolf, lone wolf and cub, cub very different we'll talk about that one day we'll all catch up i think it's uh it seems to be going down more the like ahsoka kind of spunky teenager kind of route because she even has like one of those uh Again, that's why it's kind of confusing about this character. You're like, where does this come into it? She has like one of the Night Sisters kind of laser bows, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> cool. But you know, what's that have to do with the character? So, be interesting. Again, maybe she turns into sort of more of a badass character, like Fennec or something like that. Um, if we are to get more Jedi as well, I was thinking about this earlier. Quinlan Voss. I'd be like, I'd be Quinlan Voss would be cool. But uh, maybe we can see the origins of how uh, Luminara's corpse was used as a as a as bait oh, yeah. for, for future jedi um especially because she was meant to be on kashik when she died so uh you know if they do want to tie in kashik they could throw that in there uh, but also and this bring back that uh werewolf jedi from the 2d clone wars how cool would he be if you were to believe that a jedi had suvo- survived order 66 it'd be a fucking That's werewolf it. so bring and, that and in <laughs> imagine the clones coming across a werewolf like yeah and resurrect <laughs> shaggy as well Unironically, I want I want to know what happened to Yaddle. I think this would actually be quite fun thing to explore. If that's a Jedi they find. You're kind of opening a 
kind of worms you because there's potential somebody could be like maybe they could, sh- could show how grogu survived order 66 maybe as <laughs> also i want wilford brimley to show up like star wars is our oyster right now bring everyone back yeah, we, let's have a scene with him leaving on that trip before he crashes on Endor. I love how we've also, like, Niall, uh, Niall's like, I, I don't want to watch the second trailer, and yet we've just spoiled the second trailer for him. <laughs> I propose a new feature on the Mandalorians. Whenever a new Star Wars trailer comes out, I won't watch it, but the two of you have to describe it to me. And I have, I have a buzzer in case you're, to- you're making things <laughs> up. I'm like, no, this is not happening. <laughs> it is. It's like, Palpatine's back? <laughs> no, no way. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> so yeah we will be back next week with our review of the first two episodes i think it's going to be so we got one coming out uh today and then one coming out on friday uh so yeah that'll be the first two episodes um so before we get out of here plugs where can people catch up with us and what we're getting up to niall so yeah you can find me on twitter at niall the glenn uh haven't been tweeting too much about star wars lately because there hasn't been the content but when the bad batch starts I'm going to be there. Don't you worry. Uh, And you can find me on Fresh Take. I write there occasionally. I'm working on a piece at the moment that I hope will be up soon. Actually, at time of recording, it's hard to tell these things. But uh, and you can also (laughs) find me on the Irish site Game Air, where in in the spirit of Lucasfilm, I'm currently actually reviewing a LucasArts game that's been re-released, which is Sam and Max Hit the Road, which is very funny and very weird. I've always been Mm -hmm. a big fan. It's great to see him back. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, you know, if you see me about, say hey. So catch me on Twitter at David Osger. Uh, you can catch me on freshtakehub.com. Uh, hopefully got some more video essays coming out. And yeah, also on Well Good Movies, we're chatting loads of random films and anniversaries and all that kind of stuff within the next month as well. So that'll be fun talking all about that. Awesome stuff. Uh, yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter at SweatyJake. And I'm also on Letterbox at Jake Hart. And you can also catch my other podcast I do with Dave and our co-host Tom uh, called Capes, Cows and Masks, where we talk all stuff, superheroes and pop culture. And The Monday Lorians, you can find us on freshtakehub.com slash The Monday Lorians. And whether you're listening to us on Anchor, Spotify or Apple, whatever you get your podcast from, subscribe to us, follow us, share us, like us, give us a rating. It all helps us go up in the rankings. So we'll see you all next week. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.